with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll thank Brady Skinner and Paul Jones Drug all throughout the show. We'll tell you all about what they got going on at Paul Jones Drug. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com. You can download the app, the app. Uh, it's free, and it's got everything. Three radio stations. The Penny News, a brand-new edition of that Penny News, hits the website tonight at midnight. Uh, it's thepennynews.com. Also, uh, you've got uh, Big Elk TV and Paragon TV and the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you miss the show entirely, you might be able to go back, or you will be able to go back and check that out each and every day when a, mo- a new podcast drops. Hello, Jared. Good. Oh. <coughs> Whoa. Ugh. Hello. Maybe not a good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm uh, doing very, very good. What had a busy night last night. Uh, didn't get to watch just a ton of the football. Was following it. But you know how that goes. If you follow it, sometimes you can tell what's, what's good. Gonna, yeah. And, you know, it, it can't. You, but you don't get to really see it. Like, you know, to me, the scores were blowouts, and Philly was fantastic in the first half. But if you watch that second half. The Minnesota Vikings had every chance to come back and win that game, except for it was a primetime game and Kirk Cousins was their quarterback. <laughs> uh, he completed more passes to Darius Slay than he did to Justin Jefferson when those two were in coverage together, which is unfortunate because Darius is an eagle. <laughs> so, um, but a you know, busy night. What about you? Uh, yeah, at softball fields all night. I say all night. Feels like all night. And, um, but yeah, same way, just kind of following it and checking it on my phone every once in a while. And then by the time I got home, not much of a ball game left. Uh, so, but man, the Bills. That's see the Bills. All right, Are so we on, overreacting or is this a real thing? On see on the text line, did you just say Philly could be the best team of football? No, 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 no. no. no I no, wasn't no, talking no. about Philly. I was talking about Buffalo. Buffalo just destroyed Tennessee. Forty one to seven last night. Uh, Josh Allen has been off the charts. Let me find this stat, but uh, Buffalo has done something that nobody else or has been better than anybody ever. Uh, let me see. Okay, so in week one, the Bills beat the Rams by 21. <clears throat> in week two, they beat the Titans by 34. There have been 200. This is courtesy of ESPN, Sport, uh, ESPN Stats and Info, by the way. There have been 201 instances in NFL history of a team facing playoff teams from the previous year in the first two games. So you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Rams and the Titans were playoff teams a year ago. Buffalo, that's their first two games on the schedule. And, oh, I might add, Rams and Titans were the one seeds, were they not, from a year ago? Uh, Titans, yes. Titans, yes. I mean, the Rams played the NFC title game at home. I can't remember. No, they were on the road. Never mind. They They went to Tampa. So that's not right, uh, because they won at they beat Brady when we thought that was going to be the last game of Tom Brady's career in Tampa. So they weren't right. out to one seed. That's not right. Uh, but anyhow, so the Titans were that fifty-four point differential in two wins is the largest of any of those mm. in the history of the NFL. Josh Allen, you uh, listen with this start. You know, it, it, it's funny how this works because it, this is. To me, the NFL MVP is a little bit different than, say, the Heisman Trophy. Because a lot of times it feels like, to me, in college, through the first month or, or six weeks, by the time we get to mid-October, excuse me, usually the guy that gets out to that fast start goes down. Right. Because then the, right. the spotlight's on them. They have a bad game against a, a, a good opponent or a, or a rival, and it's like, all the, uh, all the air goes out of the bubble. It's different than that to me in the NFL. In the NFL, it feels like these strong starts get you there, and unless you Kyler Murray the thing and Kingsbury the thing at the yeah. end of the year, you're always like you're almost. It's the opposite 
the Heisman, you don't get any you, you don't get any credit for playing bad. Like you, it just like destroys you. But in the NFL, you get kind of some mulligans after you start so fast. And Josh Allen has started so fast. Last night, twenty six of thirty eight, three seventeen, four touchdowns, and he and Stephon Diggs. I mean, it looks to me like that connection is unstoppable. And for Tennessee to put an undrafted rookie free agent on Stephon Diggs did not do it. It just it was a complete disservice to their ability to try to hang around in that game. That was uh, yeah, that's not very smart. And speaking of not very smart, so who made that decision? I, everything is kind of lining up with how I saw it. Josh Allen MVP, Vrabel on the hot seat. It's not looking good. You're going from a one seat to possibly a one pick in next year's draft. <laughs> that is, is the trajectory in the complete 180 for the Titans in a short amount of time is not good. And I think it's uh, it's it's not going to look well for the head coach. It's not going to end well for him. Are we in the Bills? We could just sit here in superlative all day long. Sure. Let's look the other side though. Anybody starting to get a little bit nervous about Derrick Henry? Coming off the you know the foot injury last year, so far through two games, thirty four rushes, one hundred and seven yards. That's only three point one yards per carry. Now he does seem like a physical freak, <clears throat> almost an alien with as big and as fast as he is at six three two fifty essentially. But this is year six, and a lot. <clears throat> of the running backs, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the running backs outside of a handful, this is the time where you start to see decline. Right. So are we worried a little bit about Derrick Henry? Is there just one of those, hey, nobody realized the Bills' defense was going to be this good. They went in and just smacked the Rams around last week and then did it again to Tennessee. Maybe it's just, hey, the Rams are the Rams are pretty good. Or the the Bills, I'm sorry. The Bills right, are pretty Bills. good. I, the Derrick Henry thing is so – well, it's worrisome and a little perplexing. Uh, I But it the, it is the shelf life thing. I don't care how – and look at Adrian Peterson. Remember where everybody thought that – I mean, he had a longer than usual career yeah. as a running back, but he showed signs of decline. And, and are we seeing yeah, that? Yeah, but he with, was 35. Right, right. Are we seeing that with Henry? That's I, what that's I'm a asking. Great question. He's 28. I don't know. I, he's 28. The injury makes you wonder: Has he lost a step, or has he lost a, a gear? I don't know. Well, I think I think the uh, I think we got to wait and see a few more games because he's still capable. I think he, as soon as we start asking those questions, and as, as soon as the uh, the the national media start asking those questions, how many times we've we seen that too from others? Where we go, oh, you think I'm done? Boom. They rattle off uh, an amazing game and suddenly save the season, not just for himself but for his team. That's what he's going to have to do. His quarterback sure isn't going to do it. Boy, they have a humongous game coming up on Sunday. Matter of fact, two in a row for all teams involved and and really for them. uh, Tennessee, in their next uh, three out of their next four, are against teams that are not, not are just as desperate as they are, and that is next week at home against the Raiders. A couple of zero and two teams. Then they go to the Colts, division game. The Colts are one of the most disappointing teams in football. And then sandwiched between home against the Colts is the Commanders. So they play Raiders, Colts, Colts in the next three of the next four games with a road trip to Washington in between. That is their their season is decided right then. Mm-hmm. You know, they really need a three and one out of that, and that's going to be tough to get three and one out of. They lose next week their own three going to the Colts. And their season is done losing that one. So Tennessee, after being the one seed in the AFC playoffs a year ago, which nobody trusted. I mean, they played the Bengals for goodness sakes, and a bunch of people picking the Bengals to beat them, which they did. So this could be kind of the closing of a window time here for Tennessee with the Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel uh, combo maybe being ushered a, a little bit to the back burner or even out of there if things don't go well the next couple of weeks. Uh, the Bills are awesome. 
clearly the best team so far, or played the best two games, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Because that like played what we thought were good teams. The Rams, I think, are still a good team. And then you got the Titans, and we'll see. Um, but, yeah, the Bills were awesome. Then in the other game, Jalen Hurts was fantastic. I couldn't agree more with the uh, with the texture, though. Minnesota was a pretty – it was kind of the, the default pick if you, if you thought Rodgers and Green Bay were going down. Minnesota was the obvious choice to replace them in the NFC North as a division champion. They looked really good last week in dismantling Green Bay. But Kirk Cousins, man, what is the deal with Kirk Cousins at night? Now, 2-10, and ten, those primetime matchups on the Monday night football – you know, the, the the one interception he threw to start the third quarter, you could tell Jefferson probably ran the wrong route, and he immediately went to him and said, my bad, the next one was just awful, brutal. He ended up throwing another one. I mean, Minnesota's got a lot of things you really like, and, and Cousins is one of those things if he's playing a, during, the, during the day on Sunday. But, man, when he gets into these primetime games, it's like a totally different guy shows up. And, unfortunately, for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, that can't happen at the most important position in sports. It almost feels like they need to make an L.A. Rams-type blockbuster trade. Yeah. It feels like they're just that position away from being really good because they got all the nice parts around them, in it, but the quarterback position has just eh, been so-so. And then they, some guys just don't thrive underneath the big lights. And <clears throat> I don't know where that trade would be or that you go to the draft and look for the, the next – guy i don't know but it just feels like that's what they're just that one trade away from being up there in the conversations with the with the buffaloes and la rams and, and, and those of the world but it's just and that's i hate to say that about a guy but it seems like a nice dude but he's just not getting it done when it comes to being the quarterback for for a team that's wanting to uh that thought that they could compete and and at the same time last night i mentioned jefferson clearly ran the wrong route on the on the first pick by Slay, Irv Smith dropped an easy touchdown. So you know, it, it's gonna everybody's gonna pile on Kirk Cousins today because of his past, and then obviously throwing three picks against Philly last night. And you can you you can find ways where it was his fault, and you can find ways where it, where it wasn't. But the truth of it is, at the end of the day, as the quarterback, you're now two and ten again at night. And you're gonna have to t- you're gonna have to wear that. That's just what's gonna happen in the in, in the NFL. You, there, some of it cannot be your fault, but all of it can't not be your fault. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. You're gonna have to take and shoulder some of that blame. Uh, on the other side, Philly. I will say this: we've been looking for, or at least I've been looking for. Okay, who who in the NFC? Who is it? Who's the best team? You know, because it feels like all of them are in the AFC. All the really like, okay, that's a good team. That's a good team. And you look and you go, oh, it's AFC team. So who is it in the NFC? And could it be Philly? Well, I, uh, Tampa Bay showed life, uh, obviously, with the fights in, in uh, New Orleans. Um, Snapped a seven-game losing streak to the Saints. You know that that was huge for them, <clears throat> as men- mentally. And so they're in control of that division here early, early. They're coming in 2-0 and now. Um, yeah, I mean, Philly looks good. I mean, when Jalen Hurts plays like that, I mean, what was the stat? Did you say the the passing and rushing and just doing everything? I mean, he's doing Michael Vick stuff, and that's that's hard to defend. So, I mean, I could, it's fair to say they're one of the better teams in the NFC. But again, we're two games in, so let's see how it all shakes out. Still hard for me to go against the goat, but um, they in a, uh, Philly looks solid. I'm I'm just racking my brain going down the list. And that is a, I mean, that's a good, it's a good team to put up there. I can't argue against it. I'd say Tampa Bay might might say otherwise. So prior to kickoff last night, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts was fourteen to one, which I'm I'm surprised the the odds were that good or that bad, depending on how you're looking at it. But he was fourteen to one at Caesars to win the MVP at halftime. His odds moved to eight to one after that first half, and then this is crazy. So since the start of last season. He has five games, and last night was one of them, where he had multiple rushing touchdowns. That's tied for most in the NFL. Period. Not for quarterbacks. P- 
period. That's the he has the most multi-touchdown rushing games since last year, tied for tied with five. Period. End of story. And this is an interesting question I just got on my on, on my text a text to me. Who's the best quarterback of that Oklahoma trio in the NFL right now? Mm. Great question. Hertz is making a case, isn't he? He's making a. Isn't that crazy? Good case. I mean, there's nobody in their right mind would have thought that three years ago. You know, I think I think Murray is the most spectacular. We saw that the other day uh, with that. What he ran for? He ran like 87 yards on a two point conversion. By the time he finally got in there, it was like 21 <laughs> second play. Did you see the someone put on Twitter what it, they compared it to? A toddler took a mom's cell phone and wouldn't give it back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I couldn't I, unsee it then. <laughs> he's incredibly, incredibly talented. There's no doubt about that. But when you look at what Hertz has done, leading a team to the playoffs just like Murray has once, you know, last year in his in his rookie season, man, he, that's a great debate. Yeah. And it certainly looks like Hertz is on the best team this year of those three. And he's a huge part of why. And I heard uh, some guy I heard guys on the radio last night talking about Sal Pal at halftime. It was on ESPN radio. And uh I guess Jalen Hurts was a huge part of AJ Brown coming to Philly. So much so that he was trying to recruit him to Alabama way back when. Wow. So they these guys have been buddies for a long time. And worked out in the off seasons together, college, and now in the pros, early and now that you know, obviously they're they're best friends, best buds, and maybe that's even helped Jalen Hurts more settle in. But boy, howdy, he looked awesome last night. Seventeen of twenty in the first half for two fifty, ran for a touchdown, fifty yards. I mean, it's hard to be better than that. It's just it's crazy we're saying that about Jalen Hurts when you think about when he came to Oklahoma from Alabama, being unseated, unseated by Tua. And just the, the his story is incredible, and it continues to get better. It is a great story. It's a great – we always say this. Always, It's a great 30-for-30 30 30 topic, you know. His journey – you know, he was, he was the king of the college football mountain at Alabama and then got unseated by Tua, like you said. Comes to another blue blood, wins the job, does has success in one year. It's, it's, a, it's a great story. I love it. <clears throat> yeah, but even – yeah, it just even after he got unseated, stayed around for a year, and when he finally got his shot, was the reason why Alabama had a chance to lose in the title game to Clemson that year because in the SEC title game, he brought him back from the dead against Georgia. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy story, an awesome story. Uh, who's in trouble? Who do you think is in the most trouble? Is it Tennessee? Is it the Colts? Or could it be your brother-in-law's bangles? That jinx is a thing. It's such a weird thing. Uh, but that, yeah, starting out 0-2. I didn't have him winning the division. I got him in as a wild card, though. Um, I'm thinking real hard. Who could be in trouble? Colts look bad, man. A lot of people had them as a year, uh, the, 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 myself included, as, okay, they're going to take that next step into being better. I don't know about being contenders, but maybe a playoff team. But losing to Jacksonville like that, and I guess shame on us for not looking at Jacksonville with the way they kind of played towards the end of the year last year. After all of the Mer- uh, Meyer stuff had settled down and he was gone and they kind of settled down and there you could see some flashes of good things. They got a great coach over there, Doug Peterson, and and uh, and now Lawrence I think is settling in too. So maybe we kind of overlooked them, but still, they're not there. Indy was supposed to be there, so that loss to uh, the Jaguars looks real bad. I think that's 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 real scary. But the Titans too, I think Titans are. That, that'd be really concerned if I'm a Titans fan. Yeah, the, the one thing about the Colts is who they've played and struggled against. Tying the Texans. And they were way behind in that game, too. And came back to forge a tie. And then getting shut out by Jacksonville. I mean, that's 
two division games against what you thought were the two worst teams in the division. And you're o one and one. It's a big mountain to climb. Yep. Uh, obviously the the Bengals. There's got to be some worry there, because not uh, not necessarily just because you're zero and two, but whether or not Joe Burrow is going to finish the season. That dude has gotten pummeled in two games. And the whole talk of the off seasons was, "Hey, great job, Bengals! They've tried to fix their they fixed their offensive line, right? Huh? Right? Are we sure? <laughs> Doesn't look like they fixed it. No. I mean, yeah, that there was some legitimate concern for his well being in Dallas on Sunday with Michael Parsons flying in there over and over. I was just like, man, he's going to take a kill shot at, at one point, and he never did." Him being elusive and his pocket awareness helped in that regard for sure because a lot of guys would have just said, stood back there and just got beaten to a pulp, which, I mean, he still got sacked six times. But that's that's got to be worrisome <clears throat> for if you're a Bengals fan, not only losing both games, but the manner in which you lost them and the fact that it doesn't look like you can protect your quarterback, your your franchise quarterback whatsoever. That's got to be worrisome. On the other side of the coin, teams that have got to be feeling good. How about the Giants? Oh, yeah. Two and zero. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good start for them. And then, of course, they beat Carolina and who they beat Week One? Uh, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee, right? So maybe not yeah. the best teams of all time, but still two and zero. You know, I, I saw a stat that on Sunday. The Giants, Jets, Mets, and Yankees all won the same day for the first time since like 2007 or something like that. Man. Party in the big city. I think you, you mentioned Jacksonville. You've got to be super pumped to see Trevor Lawrence getting out of the away from the Urban Meyer stink. And now I think we're going to really see what everybody thought we were going to see from Trevor Lawrence. 25 of 30, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, I think he's about to start to make his way in this league. And then one other guy. Lewis, before you move on, okay. Lawrence, second year, could we see a Joe Burrow thing? I'm not saying Jacksonville's going to make a run towards the Super Bowl, but could we see him take that leap? I think – here's what I think. I think they're going to take – I do think they're going to take a leap. I think they're going to be a lot better team. And I think when we are talking in July next year – they are going to be everybody's darling. Sure. To be, yeah. a, you know, oh, look out for them to win the division or oh, look out for them to make the playoffs or a, they got a, a sneaky yeah. Super Bowl type pick. Yeah. They I, got I think a that's, coach that knows how to get there. Yes. They, Doug yeah. Peterson might have been the best acquisition in the offseason by anybody in the league. Yeah. No one really talked about that, did they? He was, he was great in Philly, kind of wore out his welcome a little bit, rubbed some people the wrong way. But the, the difference between. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's ability to progress and grow under Doug Peterson versus Urban Meyer is is going to be astounding. And then there's one other guy that has taken it on the chin, Noodle Arm Tua. <laughs> How about Otua? Six touchdowns, 470 yards. Sure looked like he had enough arm to get it out there to those speedsters named Hill and Waddle to me on uh, Sunday and that comeback against Baltimore, four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, six overall. Uh, Waddle and, and Hill both had 11 catches, two touchdowns, and over 170 yards. Man, that offense, uh, you know, there, there's clearly some blame got to be laid at the feet of the, of the Baltimore defense. But Tua looked like what everybody hoped Tua would look like coming out of Alabama. Yeah. Me included. Yeah. Because I was looking pretty stupid up until Sunday for even considering Tua better than Justin Herbert coming out of the draft. <laughs> he, he, he hasn't made the ground all the way up, don't get me wrong, but he's at least trying to dig himself back into the conversation with that with that outing. And isn't it amazing what happens when you put some real, true weapons around guys in this league? Yeah. Yeah, that is – I mean, they, these guys are quality quarterbacks for a reason. You, and, you, and it's this fine example of, of what we're talking about with Kirk Cousins – I mean, imagine some other these guys we were talking about with a, with a Jefferson to throw to or or other weapons like that. So that's where I get that's where you no. Know, so come back to the very start of this conversation of that's what Minnesota needs, right? They need a guy like a Tua, like a Lawrence, 
I mean, these, these young guys, quality quarterbacks, we saw that in college. It's starting to show now in, at, at the next level. That's what Minnesota needs is a guy like that. I've got a great idea for Minnesota. Because <clears throat> a, a, a long time ago, 30 years or so, maybe, yeah, <laughs> 35. Go ahead and date yourself. That's okay. They, they, thought they, were one, they thought they were one position away from being a real contender in the Super Bowl. A little bit like this, but it was at a different position. Can you think of what I'm going with the trade? If it'll work out the way that it worked out the first time, I can't. Go ahead, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I trade see. off Dak Prescott in the same manner in which you traded off Herschel Walker all those years ago, and then built a dynasty with the draft picks that came back this way. If you are so inclined, Jerry was the mastermind behind that. Maybe, yeah, I think it was Jimmy. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> Afraid it was Jimmy and uh, Jimmy, he gone. Yeah, that's true. But that, if you're looking for a, a, a if you need that that last piece so to the puzzle, are you suggesting trade, a, get some picks? I'm suggesting that get get cousins and use those picks for the next quarterback. I'm suggesting if the Dallas Cowboys can turn their franchise around with the trade to Minnesota the way they did it in 1988 or 89, whatever it was, mm-hmm. do it. That's what I'm suggesting. Because just like back then, they weren't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere right now. No. And an influx of first-round selections for Dak Prescott might be the answer. I mean, as we talked about yesterday with Jim, Cooper Rush is clearly a Hall of Famer 2-0. Yep. He's never lost a start. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll come back college football talk next paul jones drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy it's called convenience packaging meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages this process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser and as always paul jones drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients with their drive through window curbside service and free local delivery it's just more reasons you should choose paul jones drug 809 north main street milk city i'm rodney skinner with paul jones drug and i promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sports hey welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal it's a paul jones drug tuesday rodney skinner at paul jones drug care you can trust right here in the elk city area they are the oldest compounding pharmacy in elk city that means they have experience compounders Free local delivery, drive-through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations. Also, long-term care unit packaging. They call those blister packs. Uh, it's Paul Jones Drug right there at 809 North Main Street here in Elk City. We'll continue to tell you all about uh, Rodney and the gang at Paul Jones Drug. Also, Jared, do you want to meet a – have you ever had the desire to meet a horse outside of, say, Mr. Ed? Uh, yeah. Which sure. one? Sure. Um, well, you know – I know where you're going, but like Kentucky Derby winners, I mean, one of my favorite movies. Seabiscuit. Seabiscuit. I mean, I know it can't go back in time, but I mean, if I could, that's, yeah, I'd love to see that horse. Secretariat, Secretariat, maybe. sure. Well, guess what? You can meet a Kentucky Derby winning horse this Sunday, September 25th, 11 to 4, out at 66 to go. Come get your photo taken with the 2009 Kentucky Derby winner, star of the movie 50 to 1. That is Mine That Bird. I remember Mine That Bird. Mine That Bird. Uh, one of the biggest long shots of all time in the Kentucky Derby. I think maybe at the time was the biggest, and then that's been eclipsed since then. Uh, you can get your picture taken with Mine That Bird, owner of Mark Allen. That's out at 66 to go. And, hey, good news here. 20% of the sales that day at 66 to go will go to local charities, which is Meals on Wheels and Dream League Baseball. So what a cool thing. Very uh, cool. Go out and check out Mind That Bird, 11 to 4, Sunday, this Sunday, out at 66 Sunday, to Sunday. go. 11 to 4, would be there a little bit. All right. It'll be a fun time. Fun time. And not only are you doing that, you're supporting uh, the, the kiddos and the, and the folks, the shut-ins that need some food. That's great. Through the Meals on Wheels. That's a great program, too. I'll tell you what's not great, Jared. The idea of bedlam football not occurring. You know, I've come to peace with that, but 
what's the latest here? I thought you'd mentioned an article in the opener. Yeah, Brett McMurphy. Uh, let me go back here. Talk so much yourselves. Oh, okay. I had, it, I had it pulled up, and then I got distracted. I guess I looking for some other stuff. It's like uh, it's like uh, what's the uh, is it the five stages of grief? Seven stages? I forget it. But it's like those stages of grief. Like I've come to terms with it. Where I'm like, at first it was denial. I'm like, no, no, that can't be. And then just going through it. But I think deep, deep down, no, I don't want it to go away. But I think I've come to terms. Like, yep, okay. You know, it, it's it, but it I but at the, when it's gone, that's when I think I'll start to miss it, if it's gone. Well, it appears you know it's I mean? gone. Kind of like the Nebraska, the Nebraska rivalry. When that was gone for good, it was like darn. Kind of missed that. Kind of missed that big. You know, last Saturday I know it was a beatdown, but it was still cool to see OU in the in the icy whites in in uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. That was, I mean, that brought back fun memories and good times. But uh, yeah, I think Miss I'll, I, the Bedlam, when it's gone, I think I'll be more remorseful. But right now, I just kind of come to terms with it. But what's the latest here? What do you got? Uh, it's been played for 112 straight years, making it the second longest current uninterrupted college football rivalry. Uh, but according to Brett McMurphy, who uh, talked to both ADs, Chad Weiberg at Oklahoma State, obviously Joe Castiglione at OU, uh, Weiberg's comment is this. It presents it, which is playing Oklahoma, presents logistical issues under our current scheduling structure. We don't have any openings to play them. We're full unless there are significant undertakings to make the game happen. It can't happen. Castiglione says Oklahoma State has shown no interest to schedule any future football games, so we're moving on with filling the uh, non-conference schedule. Uh, it's was a, that a Josie saying we want to, but I mean, was that a shot? I guess, or I mean, there I was think there's shots. And- I think there's shots both ways. Um, when you look at their schedules, Oklahoma's is way more open in the future than Oklahoma State's. Part of that being uh, Oklahoma lost Georgia, Oklahoma lost Tennessee off of the future non-conference schedule just in the last couple weeks because those are going to be conference games. Oklahoma State's is more full, but but let's be honest. What's the worst thing about college football in your mind? Cupcake games. Exactly right. What happened last week with uh, you know Arkansas Pine Buff? We've seen OU you play a bunch of crap games. That's the worst part about college football. And when you look at the the schedule for OU, let's start there because it's so like I said, it's so much more open that Oklahoma State can fit almost anywhere. Next year. There's three games. It's probably or it's probably going to still be a conference game, but if it weren't, you know, Arkansas State is a is a small team that could easily be dropped off of OU's schedule to fit Oklahoma State in. On the other side for Oklahoma State, they've got Central Arkansas and South Alabama. Surely one of those could go away if you really wanted to play the game. In 2024, OU's only got Temple and Tulane, so wide open spot there for non-conference game number three, Oklahoma State. South Dakota State. Can we not get that one off of there to play this game? Right. In 25, OSU's just got Oregon and Tulsa, so they've got an open date. Hmm, wonder who could fit there. In 25, OU could kick Illinois State off of their non-conference schedule. In 26, they both could. Murray State and UTEP. Then in 20, starting in 27, OU's got open dates every every year. At least one, if not two. A bunch of those years they have two, and then some of them they don't have, even have anybody because then a future one, a future non-conference deal with Alabama has gone away in twenty three or in thirty three and thirty four. So there's nobody on the schedule out that far for OU. In thirty through thirty seven, OSU's got two open dates and all those as well. Uh, twenty seven Western Illinois, twenty eight Southeast Louisiana could be bumped. Then twenty nine, there's an open date uh, with Bama and Tulsa already on OSU's non-conference schedule. So. It's a little bit disingenuous to me for either one of these guys to say that it's not possible because they've already got these games scheduled. And and maybe the argument could be, well, we've got Oregon, we've got Arkansas, we've got Alabama on OSU's side, and that's going to cost a whole bunch of money to get out of, that, which that's true. Okay, so kick a little guy off there because it's no good for the sport anyway. And with the, the playoff expanding to 12 teams, you can absorb some of these losses early in the season – by scheduling up 
And then if you win them, you can damn sure absorb some losses later in the year by winning those games out of conference. I just think here's the truth of it. Oklahoma State is mad at Oklahoma for going to the SEC. And their way of getting back at OU is going to be not scheduling them in the non-conference. And Oklahoma's fine with it because Oklahoma is also going to what is right now a tougher conference. So their schedule doesn't necessarily need the beefing up that Oklahoma State would provide in the non-conference. That's right. Having said all that, it's all a bunch of childish crap. These two teams need to play because here's another thing. that We talked about the worst thing about college football. The best thing is games like this. The best thing is the rivalries and the pageantry of college football that's being lost. And we, and we all have sat here for, what, a decade now? And poked fun and made fun of A&M and Texas for not figuring out how to play. And now Bedlam's going to go down that exact same path. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. It is, it's, it is sad. It is sad. And I guess I've come to terms with it because of – I'm just trying to disconnect of getting frustrated with it. But it is, when you start to think about it and you look at everything like you just mentioned, it is frustrating, incredibly frustrating. So, you, and, and, and childish, you're right, on both on both sides, not just poking fun or poking at one or the other, both sides. So it, it they need to come to terms and, and, and make this work. We talk about rivalries non-conference rivalries that play every year well, look at look at clemson and south carolina florida florida state florida, georgia florida georgia state. tech yeah i mean in, in these it the has, reason they why make I, it work well we and we bring these up specifically because it's an sec team sec team making it work right now the one thing that they advantage that they have had is they've only been playing eight conference games in the sec still do yeah so you know, you lose a game, which one do you lose? And even Saban's mentioned when uh, when OU and Texas get there, should they go to 10? Now, if you if you only have two conference or non-conference games, that makes that a lot harder. I'm just talking about when the in the current system and in the, in the current scheduling that it is, one of those three non-conference games, both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State can figure out a way to schedule the other if they really wanted to. And I think at the end of the day, uh, you're finding out that they don't really want to. Yeah. And once again, who gets screwed? The fans. Same people that get screwed every single time something changes in college football. It's it's interesting on the tech line, text line, because it's a it's a hot button issue. There's no doubt. Um, You've got one on one hand, Gundy can't beat OU. Look at his record. Why would OSU want to add a more than likely loss against OU? Whereas on the OU side, it's who cares. It's not a rivalry anyway. I mean, it, it, it's so easy to say that. You know, you trot out the series record and go, oh, yeah, it's not a rivalry. Which, you know what? There's some truth to that. But at the same time, since Mike Gundy has become the head coach at OSU, it's hard to find three or four better rivalry games year in, year out, quality of play, entertainment factor it's hard to find better a better series listen the bedlam games have been way better than ou texas as far as the game and the way it's been played in the the thrilling nature of almost all of those it has been way better than ou texas now it's not a bigger rivalry for oklahoma but as far as the game itself it's going to be a lot it's it's a lot bigger of a loss as far as the competition and the fun and the, and the excitement to watch it than what that one's been. If we're looking for a, a glass half full situation, let's say they don't play each other. Obviously, we're looking at OSU to propel in this new iteration of the Big Twelve. Now BYU and Cincinnati might have something to say about that. They're no slouches, but OSU has that opportunity to be the big dog in the in this new conference, and then. OU, you know, trying to get up to the level of a Georgia and Alabama because they're going to have to if they want to compete in that conference. How fun would it be to see a OU OSU Sugar Bowl or OU OSU Cotton Bowl or or semifinal or playoff matchup or something like that? You know, if they're not going to play, then hopefully they could play at a bigger stage. But we know that won't be an annual thing. Yeah, and that's but, the- but that that it would ratchet it up a notch. And I mean, Bedlam for the chance for a national title, Bedlam for. Yeah, I mean that that that'd be kind of fun, but 
outside of you know first round playoff matchups, you wouldn't get it in someone's home stadium. Right. You know, you'd get it in a neutral site, which I hope we get in a Big Twelve title game this year. Quite yeah, honestly. maybe get a, get a little bit of a preview. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I know this with all the all the things that are swirling around this, it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And that means these next this year, and even next year, if it you know it the odds of Oklahoma being out of the conference are getting slimmer by the day just because there's a lot that goes into that schedule for next year. So it looks like each team is going to play one more home game. In Norman this year and in Stillwater next year. And if you don't think the stakes don't get ratcheted up higher and higher and higher with that, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Not know the 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 doubt whether this game is going to happen again, and the bragging rights and the scoreboard that gives either fan base. Right, it's <laughs> uh, it's going to be some people. There's going to be some families that are pretty upset with each yeah, other over the next eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be that team known as you are the last team to l- lose to, or you know. Well, and the other we, way around, you want to be known. It's like we were the last team that beat OSU. Well, and think about this: Does that ninety nineteen and seven matter if it's ninety one twenty and seven, and the very last one goes to Oklahoma State? One fan base will say yes; the other fan base <laughs> will say no. Yeah, we might have. But that those, is, those other ninety-one don't matter because guess what? We won the last one. Right. We've got perpetual scoreboard until we have to play again. Yeah, you'll get one fan base. <laughs> well, look at the overall record. Who cares? Another fan base. Yeah, well, we won the last one. Uh-huh. That's that's the freshest cut there, buddy. That's yeah. right. So it's, we've got scoreboard for a while too. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know when if you're Oklahoma next year and you lose in Stillwater. You have no idea when the next chance you're going to get to win the last one. I don't know if we'll see Bedlam in Stillwater. I think this is it. I don't. I did for a long time, but there's just too much. There's too much to happen, and it needs to happen. I still think we're going to see a, or hear an announcement immediately after the season, if not right before a title game or a national title game. I mean, I might be grasping at straws. I just, I'm just got this feeling. I'm seeing, you know. I know what I know. I've been on with, your side with, the whole time, but I'm just I, not. It's right just now. the influx of recruits that are more SEC type guys for OU. I just, I kind of got this feeling that they're being told something, and that's why they're more ready to jump on with Venables and OU than not. So I. And then the whole SEC announcing OU has to and I get it. It's like a two, you know, the in the series because mm-hmm. it's going to be a conference game in in at least two years. But I just got a feeling, so I feel like this year's bedlam might be it. Here's when you'll know that's the case. Well, they they wouldn't. I'm guessing they would make the the return trip to Tuscaloosa a conference game next year, so they may not make an announcement. But if there was something of, okay. Texas and, and, and Alabama can't play in a non-conference game next year. Right. Because the series ends next year. Right. It's not like it's not in it's not the same thing as Georgia and Tennessee. You know, you just don't start those. You don't you know what I mean? Everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's even. But if you, if you hear something along those lines, that's when you'll know or you may not hear a thing if it's going to happen and that'll just fold into a conference trip for Texas next year. True. Maybe, right, give me maybe your... that's why we haven't heard anything. <clears throat> yeah, maybe, maybe the, so. Maybe they got a schedule they haven't unveiled yet. Anyways, go ahead. Give me your top ten. Uh, college football. College football. I will top go 10. Georgia one, Bama two. Uh, I'll stay with Ohio State. Watch a snippet of that Toledo game. They were trading touchdowns until Ohio State said, "I forget this. We're gonna pull away." Uh, Michigan. I'm sold. Michigan. Four. OU five because Clemson I thought kind of fooled around with Law Tech. Did you feel get that feeling despite the score? Did yeah, you see I mean, much? I, I was kind of falling no. on on my phone and it's like when are they going to pull away? And that's 
So kind of felt like OU of last couple years. Um, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Kentucky. Give me, give me uh, your uh, your Wildcats. At where am I at? That would have been six. <clears throat> yeah. Unless you wanted to put Clemson six. No. No, I put Clemson six. Kentucky seven. Kentucky seven. I didn't have this ready. I apologize. Go ahead. You have yours ready? Yep. I do. You're astute. I've got Georgia one, Bama two, Michigan three, Ohio State four, Big Blue five, Oklahoma six, Arkansas seven, USC eight, Oklahoma State at nine, and then I think I'm going to go with Josh Heupel and the Volunteers at ten. Clemson just outside because you're Clemson's been screwing around with a bunch of people. But they get a chance this week against Wake Forest to jump up a whole bunch. And that's at Wake, right? I believe so. Yes, yeah, it is at Wake Forest. That's going to be. So Clemson will get its shot to move out. And listen, if I was, I started out doing this by, okay, who's got the best wins plus a little bit of. I kind of buried I think this is, yeah. I think this is the best team. But if, if you're going by just. Just who's got the best wins? You know who has to be in the top ten? Hit me with it. Kansas. I mean. Kansas has yeah. a bunch of good wins. They're 3-0 and with one home game. Am I right? Oh, yeah. OU doesn't have a good win. There's O. Harrison. Yeah, you've got to get credit for going on the road to a power five, though. That's the I mean, yeah, Nebraska sucks, but you got to get credit for doing that. The reason I, I I have OU I guess as high as I do is because of what kind of what I mentioned about Clemson struggling. Oklahoma State doesn't have a good win either. Yeah, but but they they, they look the part. They look good. Yeah, OU. I mean, there's been how many times? Look at Tulane last year. Look at a lot of the games last year where they won, where we all just simply looked oh, at here's each other and the said problem. they hadn't won. Here's or won. the problem. What's the problem? We're leaving Ole Miss out. Oh, uh, well. Ole Miss, Troy, Central Arkansas, and at Georgia Tech. Do they have a good win? I guess they went on the road to a power five and won 42 to nothing. That's true. They host at Juggernaut Tulsa next week. I'll tell you what. you have. Here's the deal. October 1st is your chance. Big Blue comes to town. Man, can we have a watch party? I can just watch you two. October first is the is the chance for the Rebels. I just want to watch you two at the watch Grove. this game together. At the Grove, uh, we you might get a chance to if uh, I'll be playing golf that day. October first. October first. I will be. Kentucky travels to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss will rock it up the standings if they are my in my mind if they can win that game. What else you got? Who? What, what else everybody else got? 225-9698. Give us your top 10. You know you know who was Wait, what, Okay, if we're going to argue about Ole Miss getting in the top 10, why not Penn State? They went to Auburn and just – Penn State's just outside. I'll tell you, even though they have a loss, you see what Oregon did to BYU? Yeah. Did you hear what Oregon fans said? Oh, isn't that wild? Isn't that crazy? No one's talking about that. Nobody's talking about it because hmm. it was – I mean, there's actual video evidence of the – of the Isn't that ironic? Yeah. But nobody yeah. Anywho. It was a major story. A fake major a story. Major non story, and this is a real story that's fake it's news not a story. again. Fake news again. Anyways. Yes. Oregon anybody else you want to put in there? Penn State's I, I, a good one. shoes in my top ten. I'll Listen, put Penn State probably should be a little bit higher. Let's be honest. They they've won at Purdue and at Auburn. <laughs> yeah, Chad Powers. We're gonna have to get to Chad Powers tomorrow, but he might he might be the difference between Penn State. I'm not impressed with Arkansas with how they had to win that game. 
against the Fighting Petrinos. Yeah. But they also have beaten Cincinnati I mean, and South Carolina. They took South a punt Carolina, return to spark them in at late in the game. Sure. I just – and is South Carolina good? No. We'll <laughs> be back. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Is it uh, what's on eighth of mine time? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, darn. It's a lot. high school. Let I, was, me, I was ready to make people mad. Oh, well, go ahead. If you're going to do that, then yeah, it is what's on your, on your mind time. <laughs> make people mad. That's okay. Really? Yeah, fire off. Really? Yeah. Open mic? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We had no omps last night. Oh, no, not for this. Why? No, 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 no. no. Well, no. Uh, what? I thought uh, you were going to college football make people mad, not real life make people mad. Oh. No, 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 no. Simmer oh, down. okay. Pipe down over there. All right. Yeah, we can't do that. Um, so, we're going to go back to the high school sports. <laughs> I was ready. I thought you were college footballing, not lifing. Um, uh, Baylor, I don't think's good. We, I mean, that doesn't make anybody mad around here. No. Nah. I think OSU is going to have zero problems with them. But well, we got next week to talk about that. How many teams in the SEC do you think are actually good? Two. Oh, there's more than that. <laughs> Who are do. actually like national title, title contending no, like good? Good teams. Good teams. I'll go with uh, half. I mean, let's say, are we tiering this thing? Like tier one, tier two, nah, tier just, three? Like good and then bad or good, okay, bad? How many do you think are bad? Oh, well, there's more than you think. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's there's like six legitimately bad football teams. And a couple we're not sure about, at least in my mind. The ones that are actually good, Georgia's good, Kentucky's good, Tennessee's good, Arkansas's good, Bama's good. Okay, I'm stopping there for now. Ole Miss has a good record. We'll see if they're actually good. They may be. Them or A&M, one of those two is actually going to be good. I think. I'm looking. Vanderbilt, 3-1, and one, they're not any good. Not sold Missouri at 2-1, and one, they're no, not any good. No. I, here's a hot take alert. I don't, I don't think Florida's any good. I'll go there. S- South Carolina's not. Uh, they almost got beat by South Florida. Florida, um, that is. LSU, are we sure they're good? I'm not. Auburn's not. Mississippi State's not. There you are. Yeah. There's a rundown of that. So good, I'll go with uh, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee. We're lucky all. And that's where I'm going to draw the line. Yeah. And then we got we got okay teams that are kind of like show me. Well, well yeah, we got team show me. A and M lost to App Miami. Okay. Ole Miss still waiting to to have a signature win. Now Florida can jump back in the good category if they can beat Tennessee. I just don't see that happening. Missouri's not any good. Vandy three and one. Are they done winning games? Have they finished up the winning part of their schedule? Let's look. Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia. They could beat Missouri. They could beat South Carolina. Then they get Kentucky, Florida, and Tennessee. It's a good thing they already cashed that over because they may be done winning at 3-9. Uh, and nine. First time OU and OSU play in the playoff will be epic. Yeah, it would be. They both got to get there somehow. Hey, Rodney Skinner, Paul Jones Drug here on a Tuesday convenience packaging we talked about it for for months now they individually package your daily med so you're not the one that has to put it into that giant plastic container you're not the one that has to get the right meds the right dosage the right do it all for packaging at paul uh, durable medical equipment 
It's Walker's Canes and the such. They accept most insurances, but guess what? It's not just medical. They've got awesome gifts, awesome greeting cards. 809 North Main, Paul Jones Drug, is care you can trust. All right, right quick. Big games in softball yesterday on the fast pitch diamond. Uh, Merritt and Minko met for a doubleheader that decided Class 2A's District 1. Uh, Minko won them both. So the the Bulldogs are the district champs who beat uh, Merritt 19-1. to But Merritt is the second-place team out of 2A's District 1, as everybody's pretty well done with that. Walters swept Sayre last week or the week before uh, that, that kicked Sayre down to sixth. Walters at fifth. Uh, Mangum and Hobart are the third and fourth place teams there. Which da, 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 da. then in four A one, Tuttle beat Cash yesterday three to nothing. So that drops Cash down into a tie for third with Elk City. Elkettes have uh, Clinton and Anadarko this week. They Clinton tonight and Anadarko Thursday. That could be flipped. Two games the Elkettes should win. Weatherford's at Cash tonight. So uh, not only could that decide the top of the district if Weatherford could get this win. Um, they, they would end more than likely with one loss, which would be the district champions. Cash loses this game. Elk City's solidly in third. If they can win the two games, they should win, which keeps the Elkettes out of that play-in uh, series coming up uh, against District 2. So uh, a lot still to be decided, but it's all going to be decided this week. And then also small schools get started uh, in, with district play this week. Later on this week, a bunch of the small schools get going in Class A and Class B. Uh, with districts and softball diamond. A lot on Thursday, I think. Yeah, a bunch on Thursday. Uh, 4A games in the top 10 from the Oklahoman this week. Tuttle at Bethany, the number two team, or the number two game in the state. I believe it. With the Tigers at the Broncos. 4A2 looks like it's going to have a whole bunch of those games uh, throughout the year. Man, yeah, right. Tuttle, Bethany, Newcastle, Blanchard. They they look like there's going to be a bunch of interesting games. Then in the district of 4A1 here, Elk City's off. So Chickasha, Weatherford. And Cash at Woodward are the interesting ones. I think we know what's going to happen uh, with the Red Tornadoes going to John Marshall. Uh, but those other two will kind of give you start to to clear the picture, maybe just not all the way by any means, but maybe give you an idea of uh, of where things are headed in 4A1. Yeah. Yeah, teams like Woodward and Cash, those are – we talk about, you know, Clinton and Elk City next week. How that is such a big uh, uh, game in the district for them. That's a big game if you want a chance for a playoff spot, finishing that in that four spot or three spot. I'm talking Woodward and Cash, and even Chickasha Weatherford. Oh yeah. So those those are big games. Every I mean, who are we kidding? Every district game is huge. A one, you've got uh, Burns fight Dill City first big time challenge maybe at Texoma. That'll be a challenge. Fairview and Hooker. <laughs> oh, excuse me. You got the Merritt Oilers going to Moreland, uh, one and two versus zero and three. But Moreland's games have all been very, very, very close losses, one score games. And then Sarah uh, hosts Thomas. Maybe a chance for Sarah to beat Thomas first time in a while uh, as Thomas goes zero and three in the non district. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's funny how these games, and I don't know if they do it on purpose and or how who draws these district games up, but in, inevitably. In almost every almost every district around the state, we'll get to about week nine or week ten, and then you're, you'll have a quote unquote district title game, and then you'll have the four and five matchup. You know, this team's winning and going to the playoffs. This team's winning and, and hosting two games in the playoffs. It's it's amazing how that works out most years. Doesn't look like that's the way it's going to be in four A one, but we'll see. It may be a little bit front loaded this time, but we will see. There's always some surprises that happen, uh, but man. It's it's kind of feels doesn't it does not feel weird for district play to be starting and it's ninety five we outside well and no <laughs> not that but we got no game we're not preparing for a game I know that is odd it's weird that's the first time I ever that I could think that uh, I never we're remember part of a seventeen district I never remember four A one only having seventeen probably has happened I just can't remember yeah. but anyhow oh well kick back and relax and watch. Yeah, trying to think what game I want to watch on Friday night. Maybe games. Yeah, flip back around. And forth. Yeah. All right, everybody, have a great Tuesday. We will be back tomorrow right here on the Skinny on Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. 
Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive-thru window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.